1: Welcome to Spark London. We tell true stories. We tell them live. And we tell them all across
0: London. This story was told by Kirby in June 2015, where the theme was Head, Heart. Hi guys. So I became an orphan at the rough age of 13. I wasn't one of those lucky orphans where your parents, like, go off and burn in a fire. It was actually my parents were like, you know, we don't like you. Go away. So I, I, between 13 and 18, I lived in eight different houses. I went on and I made a really great life for myself. I put myself through school. I started a company that I ran for 10 years. And everything was really, really good for me. But I always had that lingering pain of not having the family behind me. So... Every time I had something good and there was something to celebrate, you always had that little kind of like tug on the heart. And I'd be like, oh, sad about it. But then, yeah, you have something to celebrate. So I decided when I was pregnant with my daughter, and this was five years ago, I was going to adopt parents. And I set out on a mission for this. I, and half of it was just fueled by, I think, like crazy hormones, pregnancy hormones. I was just like, I'm going to do this and it's going to be great. So, like any self-respecting New Yorker, I went to Craigslist to find my parents. (laughs) So I went into the, um, oh, God, it's like the personals, but it's not like the I want to have sex personals. It's like the, hey, let's be friends personals. And I crafted up this ad, and I I was very careful with it. I made sure, no money, there's nothing sexual here. And I think every other line was a confirmation of that, of like, I'm looking for parents. Please be a... Appropriately aged couple, not single, male. There's nothing sexual about their situation. Wrote it over and over. Blasted it off into the internet. And my, my husband at the time was losing his mind at this point because I actually followed through with this. And I, I, I went about it safely, though. I wasn't. I created, I mean, there's not a lot of Kirbys out in the world. So created a fake name. I had this whole fake identity, which, of course, still had, you know, pregnant, wanted grandparents for a child. And it was like a great story. Uh... Got, uh, to my surprise, I got a whole bunch of responses and I was expecting when I saw this account kind of blow up and within hours too, I was expecting I was going to open these emails and it would just be like really old men penis pictures or something like something horrible. But it wasn't. It actually ended up being these really loving couples. Um, One was uh, from Brooklyn, and they had lost their child when they were younger, and they always felt like there was something missing, so they wanted to to connect over that. And there there was another couple that was infertile, and they had had raised dogs and then decided too late that that wasn't enough for them. And there were so many beautiful stories that an email to email, after email of these real, and I actually didn't get, amazingly, I didn't get one perverted, crazy response off of this whole thing. But again, my pregnancy hormones flying through. I panicked, because I went from having a potential of having no parents and no grandparents for my children to having a whole entire email account flooded with people that wanted to be my parents. And (laughs) it, it was intense. So in a moment's hurried panic, I shut everything down, and, and I deleted the account. And looking back on five, five years ago and then now, and I'm just thinking about, you know, there's, a, there's this wonderful old couple in Brooklyn somewhere sitting there that could have been my family and where could that have been, went within this five year period from then to now. And it's, it's pretty incredible to think. And part of me does regret that I let the pregnancy hormones make that decision to erase that count so quick. But it's also actually fixed something because now, when I have those exciting things happen and when all those great you know, events, when you get that little tug on your heart of not having a family of your own, I don't get angry at the people that I know are out there that were supposed to be my family. Now I think, oh man, there was like a hundred people that wanted to be here, now I'm okay. Like This is great, yeah, and that's it.
1: This next story was told by Jean-Marc.
0: Also at the Hackney Attic.
1: When I was 20, I had the best friend My best friend was called Jackie and on that evening we were, I'd spent all night of all evening I mean talking and drinking and talking and drinking and we were intoxicated by the talking and a little bit by the drinking as well. (laughs) And suddenly it was midnight and the bar closed. And in the small town where we lived, there was nowhere else to go. It was very frustrating. And that was at that moment out of the closing bar that we accepted an invitation for a last drink by Coco. Why did we say yes? (laughs) Maybe because we just didn't know how to say no. Coco was a violent man. He was in his fifties. He was retired from the army. Not any army, he was retired from the French foreign legion. Uh, The craziest one. (laughs) He had fought in Algeria, he had fought in Indochina. He had gone through horrors we can't even imagine. He had uh, survived them physically more than mentally. And uh, he was the greatest alcoholic I've ever been given to meet. (laughs) And we accepted an invitation for a last drink at midnight at this guy's place. With him was his son, in his 20s as well, like us. One of the bullies, I dreaded so much when I was younger, but apparently this was over. And off we went. So with Jackie, and here we we sat at Coco's, at a small square table, very small. Jackie on one side, me on the other side. Coco sat on his bed, facing us. Oh, well, you are the greatest alcoholic in town. You don't afford a living room. His son was sitting on a chair next to him. I was a bit spaced out. I drank. Yeah. Coco was doing... The conversation, Jackie was a bit engaging with him. I was not sure what they were talking about. I was not utterly there. But I remember that at some point, Jackie asked Coco a question. He asked him, hey, Coco, how does that feel like to kill a man? And Coco answered, nothing, nothing at all. And then he said, uh, wait, I'm going to show you something. And Coco stood up and walked in a very alcoholic way towards the other room, asked a bit of help from his son. They disappeared into the other room. I was not sure what was going on. Jackie lit a cigarette. He gave me one. Gave me a meaningful look and told me, uh, maybe that's the last one. I was not sure why he said that. And Coco came back with a gun in his hand, sat back on his bed. He pointed the gun more or less at us and said, now I'm going to shoot one of you, you choose. That was weird. (laughs) (laughs) And in my mind, suddenly, I I had a couple of thoughts. Uh, Actually, I was thinking that the most unbearable thing that could happen now for me would to see my best friend being shot in front of me without me doing anything about it. And uh, yeah, I was drunk. I said, me. And Coco pushed the gun on my head. And he said... So, do I shoot? I said, oh, Coco, if you ask me, uh, I would prefer not. <laughs> 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 he, he pushed the gun on my heart. He said, Do I shoot? Uh, same answer, no, I would prefer not. Uh, sometimes, Francis' son took the, the gun by the barrel, put it on his own head, and said, Dad, if you shoot someone tonight, it's going to be me. And then he lets it go and he starts again with the gun. Do I shoot? And all this drama ended up very stupidly when the old drunk just laid on his bed and fell asleep. (laughs) So his son opened the door for us to go and uh, that was it, really. (laughs) (laughs) I think we'll never know whether the gun was loaded. Maybe not. (laughs) Thank If you love this podcast and want to be in with a chance of winning two free tickets to an upcoming Spark event, please spare a minute to fill in our podcast survey. It's at sparklondon.com forward slash survey. And thanks for listening.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well...